Welcome to IP Frequently. IP Frequently, the number one intellectual property podcast brought to you by IPedia and Dominion Harbor. Well, hey, Brad, how have you been? I'm good, buddy. I'm good. It's good to hear you. How are things out there on the uh, northeast shores of this great country? Well, I'm actually in Texas. No, you're not. Okay, well, again, what's what are you, a cop? Uh, things are good. Things are wonderful. There, um, there's snow on the ground. And, uh, in Texas? Yeah. Uh, let's get right to the song, okay? We don't have to get into this friendly banter. I know you're in a mood today. So let's just go right ahead with the Thompson Twins and the great hit, Doctor, Doctor. Well, Brad, what do you think? Well, yeah, but that's just not my uh, genre. Good. Well, this is IP Frequently, the number one rated IP uh, podcast now in over 58 countries, including the District of Columbia. David Pridham and Brad Sheep here is always giving you the straight talk about IP, how to run your enterprise, and anything else that uh, comes to our uh, collective mind. Right, Brad? Truer words have never been spoken, to my knowledge. Start with the COVID corner. What's going on? Uh, cases are skyrocketing. Uh, restaurants are closing. Children are being dragged off airplanes, thrown to the wolves. Um, the vaccine is here. We're, we're waiting to see if there are any zombie-like side effects. It's almost like we're living in one of those uh, one of those World War Z movies. How do you uh, feel about all this? How do you reconcile all of this, Brad? Well, buddy, I mean, I think you've hit the high points, right? I mean, we've got skyrocketing cases to my knowledge despite all of the you know media scare tactics and you know governors uh you know telling everyone stay at home while they pile into their limo and head for a restaurant someplace i mean despite all of that i i'm not aware of any hospitals that are you know over their maximum capacity right i mean you can obviously correct me if i'm wrong I think I, we talked last week about the fact that here where I am, the hospital is actually concerned because they, they don't have enough patients and they may go under. So that's a little bit ironic. There's a small percentage of folks who are going to suffer from this as though there are a small percentage of folks that you know eat a peanut and drop dead. That's terrible. I'm making fun of that. Um, but it, it is the cost of doing business as a human being on this planet, right? We are susceptible to disease. And, you know, unfortunately, we're freaking out wrecking the economy, dragging kids off of airplanes. So, you know, it's not good, my friend. It's not good. But that is your uh, COVID update. Well, that is uh, that is somewhat disconcerting. It doesn't make me feel any better. I'm, uh, uh, as you know, I haven't dined out in a restaurant since this whole thing started, and I'm not going to start now. Um, so I, I guess we just hunker down for a few more months. Is that what you're recommending? I think everyone should just get out there and get after it. That's what I think. Kick off your heels and just go for broke. Yeah. I mean, of course, I, I love that. I read some, you know, Andrew Cuomo is getting awards for the way he's handled COVID after sending everyone in old folks home and killing them all off. And they did some statistical study. 1.4% of all recorded transmission cases have occurred in a restaurant. 70 some odd percent occur at, you know, private gatherings within the home or whatever. And they shut down all the restaurants. Explain that. Well, you can't. But there you go. The oh, they're also rounding the up award. the they're rounding up the Jews in New York City who want to uh, to go and worship, and uh, 
they're locking them out of their places of worship. Um, and they're, they're also making lists. It's, it's, you can't make it up. It's just, well, nor would you want to, I mean, it's just, uh, you know, what, what this, what this is showing you is everyone's true colors, right? So from a business perspective, those businesses that are taking it out on their clientele, you know, not lowering prices for anything, but reducing service. That's who those people are. It's also showing you who these political figures are, right? I mean, they're using COVID as an excuse to do something they've always wanted to do. Very, very scary. I, I had someone uh, yell at my wife the other day in a bookstore because my daughter's mask fell down over her nose. Some This woman was, you know, 400 pounds, uh, not very happy, and she saw that my five-year-old daughter's mask went down over her nose and started yelling at my wife to correct the problem. I mean, there are other ways you can correct that uh, susceptibility to disease for that woman, right? I mean, yeah, a couple of suggestions. Uh, you know, I mean, she could uh, take a hike, maybe. Yep. Maybe get a uh, four-legged canine friend and go on walks. And maybe leave my kid alone. How about that? Uh, next, the big time person of the year is the Biden-Harris ticket. Uh, I know, Brad, you've been a big proponent of that uh, ticket. Uh, you went out and marched in the streets when they won, celebrated. Um, what a win. What a year. And the fact that the, the two of them are the singular person of the year tells you everything you need to know about where this country is headed. Well, it certainly tells you everything you need to know about Time magazine. Does a ticket make a person? I guess not, so. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure where that where that comes from. I mean, the whole thing is just absurd. I, I'm sure they had that cover ready to go, you know, back in October and, uh, you know, just hoping for the best. Um, next is Business Corner. This is where Brad takes you into the bosom of Dominion Harbor and talks about uh, different aspects of the business. Uh, the question this week comes from Raphael in Brooklyn. Raphael wants to know, hey, Brad, how does Dominion Harbor reward its best performers? Brad, what say you? Well, Raphael, again, as always, we appreciate uh, you tuning in. I think it's a great question. I mean, you obviously want to first identify your best performer. Sometimes that can be difficult. You want to be fair. And so then uh, in terms of reward, uh, certainly you want to, uh, you know, the classic old saw, you want to praise in public and criticize in private. So you want to make sure people know that uh, your best performers are your best performers and why. Again, that leads to your rising tide. And then typically, you know, most folks appreciate a little bonus, if you will, a little little kicker in the paycheck, uh, depending on how you're managing your business. Maybe you do that just once a year at the end of the year. Or maybe you do it, you know, at the half year point, maybe quarterly, uh, maybe just spot bonuses. I know some companies do that. Right. You, you, you've been known to receive uh, spot bonuses and some nice certificates. Is that correct? That is correct. I, I have several very nice full color certificates and the occasional $50 spot bonus. What would you do with that? You go get your nice, take your lovely bride to a nice dinner and then maybe sock the rest away or do you do that? Yeah. You know, I, I, I do what I usually do. I, I bought a, a bond, a U.S. government $50 bond. And uh, I believe the last time I did that was in the eighties and I'm going to turn that bond in here in another 20 years. And I'm going to have $52. So, uh, I'm excited. It's U.S. It's US dollars, my friend. U.S. dollars. That's correct. That's correct. And so, uh, you know, that is the uh, global standard. And uh, like I said, I'm excited about it. So I think, Raphael, in answer to your question, take care of the folks that are taking care of you. It's as simple as that. 
That's it. That's it. Like George Steinbrenner used to say with the Yankees, you reward the best performers and don't make them feel uncomfortable. And we're not doing Yankees corner this week because, or pinstripe pit or whatever it was, because uh, our mystery guest, uh, sort of a dud last week. Would you agree with that? Yeah. I, I think the tide rose and, you know, he was perhaps anchored to the bottom, but perhaps yeah. no fault of his own. Well, at some point, a Jets fan, I mean, you got to look the last thing that is, I mean, you want to talk about kicking a man when he's down. There is no point in picking on a Jets fan. Anyway, well, that's uh, that's great advice. And again, uh, our goal here is to impart some of the uh, wisdom that we've gleaned in our many years of operating the top intellectual property company on the planet um, to you, our our listeners, including Sven in uh, Sweden. Hi, Sven. Um, next, Brad, we have named that regulation, but we have a request coming in uh, from some of our friends in the Near East. So from the panda, Brad, can you uh, tell everyone uh, what patent 4 million is? And again, that's 4 million. Yeah, sure. I mean, if you want to talk to U.S. 4 million patent, that's Rob Mendenhall's patent. On, Bobby. Uh, Bobby. On, yeah, on Bobby. asphalt yeah. recycling. Right? I mean, that's, yeah. uh, I mean, look. I mean, when you go out and you're talking about recycling asphalt, then, you know, you need Rob Mendenhall on your team. I mean, the guy was well ahead of his game. He filed that thing in 72 and, uh, you know, got it issued uh, shortly thereafter. I'm going to say, oh, gosh, I'm going to say that was probably 76. I don't think it was pending very long, as everybody knows, back in that day. You know, the guy was was short and to the points, 10 claims. Only two of them are independent. And, uh, you know, he made his point. He got in, he got out. I mean, that's the way we used to do it. I mean, now, of course, we've, with all of the, you know, various and sundry new regulations and all of the ridiculous uh, legislating from the bench by judges here and there and specifications are out of control, claim sets are out of control. But back in that day, back in Bobby's day, you got in, you got out. You got your invention down on paper. You got it into the patent office. Maybe a little negotiation here, maybe a little negotiation there. You get your patent issued, you go to work. That's the way it should be. That's the way it was. And look, I think we should tip our caps. Uh, next, Brad, is the question of the week. Uh, the award-winning, soon-to-be Bronze Stevie, potentially, maybe not, award-winning segment where uh, one of our listeners asks a question of one L. Bradley Sheaf, and Brad strives to answer it. Uh, this is from Norman in Atlantic City. Norman in Atlantic City, it's, it seems like he asks the same, he asks a question every week, but he gets through. Uh, the question is, hey, Brad, I have a PhD in education. I teach at a local prison. Uh, I also work out five times a week. Here's a, eight by two. well, that's probably not me. Uh, is it okay if I call myself a doctor and also make people call me doctor? Again, Norman in Atlantic City, apparently by the photo, he seems to have worked out a lot. I'm showing it now to the members of the studio audience. He teaches at a prison and he has a PhD in education and he wants to know if he can force people to call him doctor. Brad, what say you? Well, I think my first question to, to Norm, I mean, look, congratulations. I mean, you, you've achieved a PhD. Not everybody does that. So, so good for you. I also encourage the working out. I mean, certainly, you know, during a pandemic, we want to stay as fit and healthy as, as we possibly can. The question I have to ask sort of back at Norm is why would you want that? Like what, how small of a person would you have to be to be one of I mean, again, it's, it's an accomplishment. So I don't have a PhD. I mean, it's an accomplishment. Good for you. But there are many, many, many PhDs in the world. Uh, you have friends that are PhDs. I have friends that My are My dad's a PhD. 
Correct. You know what? I had forgotten that, but correct. And, and to his credit, he is a big enough person to not, you know, go around referring himself as a doctor. As I've heard someone say, you know, unless you have delivered a baby or, you know, saved a life in the OR, you probably ought not be calling yourself doctor. So Norm, my advice. I've got a JD, Brad. I mean, we call me doctor. That's right. You know what? I forgot about that too. You Dr. Pridham. have a JD. So Governor Pridham. You are the same at the same level of, you know, academic achievement. There's no And uh, congratulations. Thank you. And, uh, you know, but again, obviously people are not calling you doctor. You never raised that issue. And I, I just think, Norm, you, people are going to appreciate you as a person and, you know, really respect your achievements much, much more if, if you let them discover on their own that you have made that effort and achieved that PhD as opposed to just marching around making everyone call you doctor. I, in fact, I can't imagine anyone doing that, and I can't imagine the small mind it would require. We'll move on. I'll tell you who doesn't suck, and we're getting to that in the RIP roundup. This is where we talk about one of the famous uh, people or all the famous people that have passed this past uh, week. Um, who didn't suck was Zeus, one of the greatest pro wrestlers of all time, also the star of several films, the headliner at the SummerSlam with uh, the Macho Man Randy Savage, passed away this past week from COVID in Los Angeles. Um, Brad Zeus, was he the greatest wrestler of all time? I, you not say it's going to be tough to say that he was the greatest wrestler of all time. He was great. Let's yep. not, you know, let's not take anything away from it. And just for the record, I'm not buying that he died from complications of COVID-19. I'm just not. No. I realize there's an investigation ongoing that, but unfortunately, uh, Zeus was living in California and they will literally do anything out there to scare people about COVID. Uh, well, we'll miss you, Zeus, RIP. Um, uh, again, this is IP I, I Frequently, the number one intellectual podcast, intellectual property podcast on the planet. Um, we do want to announce that there are going to be a lot of changes coming to the podcast in the coming weeks. We're going to start adding flashy guests, probably more flashy than our mystery guest of last week. Uh, before we get to traffic and weather on the 8th, um, we've got our uh, famous segment, Time Machine. Uh, Time Machine is where Brad goes al fresco into the past, sometimes the ancient past, sometimes the not-too-distant past, and where he confronts a situation that other people confronted and failed while Brad succeeds. And so this week, um, this week we have a question uh, from Mary Jane. Mary Jane uh, lives outside of Saddlebrook, New Jersey. And uh, Mary Jane says, Brad, we want to send you back to Martha's Vineyard on July 18th, 1969, with a four pack of Zima and a life vest. Um, uh, what would you do? And of course, Mary Jane knows that that's the date of the big Chappaquiddick catastrophe, where uh, Ted Kennedy, um, uh, uh, depending on who you talk to, uh, either intentionally drove off a bridge, unintentionally, um, tried to save marriage, Joe Kopechny, didn't try, swam to shore and had more shivas. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. But Brad, you're there. You're on the bridge. Mary Jane has put you there. Al Fresco. What do you do, Brad? What do you do? Well, there I am, my friend. I'm, I'm, I'm on the bridge. I've now gotten comfortable with the fact that, uh, you know, I just show up sort of in my altogether at various points in history. I'm fine with that now. It's not, uh, it's not disturbing. And uh, I'm going to actually have a Zima while I dangle my feet off the bridge for a moment 
and let Ted, you know, make the cowardly decision to save himself and ensure he gets a hearty breakfast. And once he's out of the way, well, I mean, you know, it's simple. The Chappaquiddick is far from deep. I'll just dive in there, use another bottle of Zima to break the window, Mary Jo out of the vehicle, put the life vest on her, safety first. We'll bob to the surface. I'll help her onto the bridge. I'm going to hand her one of the two remaining Zimas, open the other for myself. We'll cheers. And then I'm going to take a minute, you know, to, she's a young gal. I have four daughters. I'm well equipped for this. I'm going to counsel her on her life choices as we enjoy a tasty Zima together. And perhaps point out that this is the kind of thing that happens when you choose your male companions poorly. Uh, next, This Week in Innovation. This is where we uh, take the week that we're in. We ratchet back the clock and we take a look at what was, uh, uh, what Im important um, invention was, uh, uh, happened upon this week in time. And this week, Brad, we go back to December 17th, 1903, Kitty Hawk the first successful flight of uh, an, uh, an airplane, a manned airplane. Now, powered flight, oh, yeah, powered flight. Correct. So let me ask you this. What do you think they would do if they knew that United Airlines was throwing two-year-olds off of flights and barring, banning them, barring them for life because they wouldn't wear a mask? Yeah, I mean, I think they would... Uh... Probably at that point in time, I and mean, you have to explain the whole time travel thing and what United Airlines is, they'd be thrilled, of course, that we had gotten to wide body jet aircraft. You know, I think at that point, they would probably look for uh, an opportunity to document the fact that they, they wanted nothing to do with that, right? That, they, they, you know, to the extent that they could prevent United Airlines from ever even coming into existence, I think they would probably have done that. Finally, Brad, we get to Barter Band, the award-winning Bronze Stevie uh, 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 segment that everyone, you notice we put it at the end now. We used to maybe mix it in the middle. No, no, no. You have to stay till the end to get the Barter Band segment. We're not giving it away for free. This isn't prom night, okay? Something has come back that has been away for a while, okay? Just like Joe Biden, Dr. Jill Biden, the great chiropractor, uh, this week, Barter Band, the McRib. It's gross, man. The McRib is gross. So you're saying you'd bar it or we'd ban it? I, I wouldn't bar or ban it. I mean, that's the great thing about this country. If you love you some McRib, get out there and get one. But I, I had one of those a few years ago, and it's uh, it's not good. Where did you have one? Well, where did I have one? You can only acquire said McRib at a McDonald's. Sure, but you can acquire a lot of strange things at McDonald's. I mean, you wouldn't know this, but I was once on a road trip through the um, through the uh, one of those big forests in Germany, mm. and uh, uh, I'm driving around in a conversion van. And actually, I, I was in a, the driver almost drove the conversion van into the McDonald's. And I got into the McDonald's, I didn't recognize anything on the menu. There were schnitzel, there were wieners, there was schnitzel. Um, none of it made any sense. And the conversion van, the conversion van's bumper was hanging off the conversion van. Again, it was a blizzard. Germany. It was the Black Forest. These are all things that commonly happen in Germany. But is that where you had your McRib? No, I don't believe they offer the McRib in Germany. They do offer beer in McDonald's in Germany, which I applaud. Yeah. Um, but they, uh, to my knowledge, you cannot get yourself a McRib at a German-based, Germany-based McDonald's. I like how, how they have good. the molds. They mold the, the, the burger in the shape of, of rib, but it's still... 
Yeah, it's a freaking hamburger with some low rent barbecue sauce on it. I think it's pork. Pop it. I think it's and pork. they put they put pickles on the damn thing. I mean, who why? who doesn't eat pickles wanna, with their barbecue? I don't. I don't even want to talk about it. I don't want to talk about it. It's disgusting. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it. I mean, you know, there's nowhere else to go from here. This is there's dissension in the ranks. Maybe there's a McRib. Maybe you borrow it. Maybe you maybe you borrow it. I don't know. But uh, at this point, um, I, I, I there, there's a lot of controversy right now. Uh, well, Brad, I think we've reached the end of our uh, our road. Um, we're going to take a little hiatus after this to celebrate the holidays with our uh, respective families. Uh, Brad's got a lot of explaining to do about that Zima that he had on that uh, Martha's Vineyard night in 1969. Uh, and then we're going to be back at it uh, the first week of January, just getting ready to hit uh, 2021 like a Mac effing truck. But we'll see. We'll see. I'm in for a penny, in for a pound, my friend. I, I will, uh, of course, be talking to you over the holidays, but uh, I'm looking forward to our first podcast of the year that isn't 2020. Amen. We'll toast with McRibs. That's fine. I, I'll, I'm happy to toast you with a McRib. I'm not eating it. I'm not going to. Oh, you're, oh, you're going to eat it. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. It's not going to happen. But we'll see. It's not going to happen. All right. Merry Christmas, my friend, and uh, happy holidays all the way around. For those of you celebrating various and sundry holidays during this season, we wish you the very best. A happy new year to all. I'm sure we'll all be happy to turn the page on this year and look prospectively forward to what we all hope will be a more uh, calm and peaceful year. I certainly wish the very best to you and your lovely family, and we'll talk in uh, a couple of weeks. This has been IP Frequently, the number one intellectual property podcast in the galaxy. Thanks for joining us. We'll see you next week.